0: I'm just about that action, boss.
1: Well, you have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it, again?
0: Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's Monday. That means he's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez. I'm flying high today. It is Victory Monday for me and my San Francisco 49ers as we dispatched of the hated Dallas Cowboys. In Ryan, what we were talking about offline is just nothing short of what we expected. Two tough, bitter rivals going at each other. And and literally leaving it all out on the field to the very last second of that game.
1: Yes, no doubt. And I mean, no surprise that it was uh, it hit the under well within because those are two physical defenses, two elite uh, front forwards in, in the National Football League. So. Great win for your Niners! So glad I don't have to watch another week of the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, thank Always you. Always a good day.
0: Always a good day. And you know our company stands on the Dallas Cowboys as well. Uh, I don't know. You might be able to go use Dallas Sucks on some of our, on our spot just to see. <laughs> I don't know if the promo code's still active, but it's been active for a while. So if if you fancy yourself a, a promo code person, just go type in Dallas Sucks wherever you can and see if it still works. <laughs>
1: No doubt. Dallas sucks. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Got no argument here. Uh, All right. So listen, as we know, it was the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. As we now head to the conference championships, uh, the four teams are set in nothing short of an entertaining weekend uh, this weekend in football. And obviously it is the Monday show. So we are here to break it all down for you, as we always do Give you what the lines were, give you who covered, give you all that other good stuff, um, and then you know Ryan brought it up, up to us before I, I I hit record, and I think we're gonna play a little game. We're gonna try to figure out the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, we don't look ahead because we can't look two weeks ahead, but we kind of can. Uh, we can look ahead to the uh, a- the AFC NFC flag football game. No, I'm
1: just kidding. We won't do that.
0: Um, but at the very least, we'll we'll start looking ahead to the Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: No, I agree with you. It's. Uh Unfortunately, it's an exciting time of year with being down to the Final Four, but that also means at the same time that we are at the end of the road. Uh, only three more NFL games. I don't count that Pro Bowl crap.
0: Hey, Eli <laughs> and, and Peyton count it, man. That's that's on them. They they love them some flag football now. I, I've seen the trash talk leading up to it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, That's their baby, I guess. But I, I'm more of a uh, watching football when games actually matter. There's uh, stuff at stake. Well, and obviously, a lot of a lot at stake in this upcoming weekend with two uh, bursts in the Super Bowl on the line. So we got a rematch in the AFC Championship, and then uh, two uh, familiar foes: the Niners and Eagles.
0: Mm, yeah, and it's not going to get. In fact, I remember that game between the Niners and the Eagles when that season turned around for the Niners back in 90, 93, 94 as they were heading into that Super Bowl, and and uh, yeah, they got embarrassed by the Eagles, and their their season turned around. So. Not that anybody on that field was probably even alive for that matchup, but uh, or at the very least, were probably like two or three when that happened. So they don't know that history, but um, I, I do. I remember that game.
1: Yeah, I was getting ready to say, Rob. that I said you just admitted that you're old. Oh, I'm. I, I don't have to
0: admit that. I basically look like it. So, um, all right. Before we get into any of the games that happened, Ryan, what what were your takeaways from the entire weekend of football? Did you enjoy it? Were you were you thrilled? Were you surprised? Like, what what were your overall takes on this weekend of football?
1: I loved it because I used, uh, I just moved to Virginia, so I had my uh, bet 100, get 100, uh, win bet, uh, bet, and I put all four all unders into a $100 parlay to win a nice little 12, 1200 bucks, a nice little cash to uh, Lead me into Super Bowl week or a conference championship weekend, then Super Bowl weekend. So, yes, I had a good uh, gambling weekend in the NFL. Yeah,
0: you sure did. You posted it for us to see, and it was like, yeah, buddy, you're, you're taking <laughs> full advantage of the company line.
1: No doubt. And, uh, you know me, I like I like defensive football. So, when in doubt, take the unders in the postseason. So, I really, that, that Niners-Cowboys game was a treat to watch for me just because it was a throwback style of game with the physicality. Oh,
0: there was a lot of heavy hitting. There was a lot of flying around the ball. I mean, there was no love lost between these two teams. And there never is when it's the Cowboys and the, and the 49ers. And it doesn't really matter. That's the thing about some of these rivalries, right? I mean, some of these rivalries, you see them come, you see them go. And, and there's always the, the talk about how the, the past, the rivalries, the past, and all that other stuff. But Dallas 49ers, that thing doesn't matter. Like, these guys know. Like when they join, they hate each other, and it just that's the way it is, right? And it always has been, and I feel like it always will be. I don't, I don't care what generation it is. You watch a Dallas San Francisco game, you're taken back to the catch. You're taken back to the years where Dallas was whooping the the Niners up and down, and finally the 49ers got in, and and then it was a tussle back and forth in the eighties and the nineties. And yeah, I mean that's that's one of those timeless rivalries that I enjoy watching, especially as a Niners fan.
1: I completely agree. And, you know, I know it's a historic rivalry, but it's also relevant recently because this is back to back years that the Niners have ended the Cowboys season on the final drive. In a situation where the Cowboys were just ran out of time, Zeke was not the center though last year when the season ended.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I watched that clip now. I don't know. Like I literally I watched it happen live, and I was like, "Wow!" And then I rewatched it a couple of you know when people were posting the clip on on uh, on social (laughs) media, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, he really got leveled." Like that was, yeah, that's a way to end your season. Yeah, last play just get flattened on your ass.
1: Oh, I, if I'm Zeke, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, why'd you guys put me out there to dry as the center? It, yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh wild stuff, it's uh but you know what, that's the Cowboys. What can go wrong will go wrong. Not yep. to quote Stephen A. Smith, but that you know, he he is right about that.
0: Hey, when you got Skip Bayless throwing your jersey in the trash, I think you know where your season just went.
1: That's an all-time new low. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, let's talk about some of those games. I mean, look, my takeaway from the weekend was just how highly entertaining all of it was, despite the uh, the Philly blowout. I just I feel like that game even still had its moments, uh, but everything else was just right down to it. And it started with Kansas City. Dare I say, hanging on for the win because they won twenty seven to twenty. They didn't cover Kansas City, which uh, my brother's a Kansas City fan, and he texted me and said, uh, the one thing I do know is that Casey will never cover. So, uh, and we've talked about it over the course of the season too. Yes. Nine and a half point favorites in some spots, eight and a half, but doesn't matter. They, they won by just a touchdown. So if it was over a touchdown your line, they didn't cover. Uh, so Jacksonville uh, plus bettors were happy. And and just like you pointed, uh, it went into the, un- the under, rather, because the over was 51 and a half. So this game went under at 47, but... Look, here's the thing, man. Chiefs are still the best team. And I know the Jaguars gave them a run for their money, I say, but only because they scored 10 in the fourth. But even still, the Chiefs are better, uh, and the Jaguars just caught them in a, in a sleepwalk, I should probably say. I mean, Kansas City looked like they were basically just doing the bare minimum to win this game because any any effort they exert this week, they had to save for next week. You know, what I'm saying like it wasn't a look ahead game because you can never really look ahead in the playoffs. But by all yeah. accounts, this it game was, was in yeah. the bag. Right. You know, what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. And I mean, all eyes this week are on Patrick Mahomes, ankle. That's really what matters. I mean, how good is the guy that he's playing on one leg hobbling around and he's still just taking the team up and down the field? From a guy whose team isn't very good, I, I do get a kick out of, like, Chiefs fans are like, oh, our team can't cover, though. It's like, you know what? I don't feel sorry at all that you can't cover. You're in the AFC Championship for the fifth straight year. Um, Andy Reid just continues to win. It's going to be interesting. Is this the time where they finally get the Cincinnati Bengals? They've lost three in a row. Uh, everybody remembers the AFC Championship game last year. Actually, everybody remembers all three meetings because every single game has come down to a field goal by the Bengals. Uh 34 31 and then the last few times it's been 27 24 i think i think uh mahomes will be ready to go i i worry a little bit about the ankle because you can get through it with the adrenaline but it's once you get off your feet uh the soreness comes into effect he'll probably be on crutches till later in the week so it'll be interesting but j- shout out to chad henney in the one drive that he had 98 yard touchdown driver 99 i forget what it was And 5-7, 23 yards, a touchdown. And another thing, the difference between Kansas City and Cincinnati versus Buffalo, those two teams can run the ball. Pacheco, 12 carries, 95 yards. That's eight yards a carry. That's so beneficial to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, especially when you have your ankle injury going on. So I I like this Chiefs team. I still think I'm with you. I think they're the best team, and I still think they are the clear-cut favorite to win it all.
0: Yeah, when you have Henny coming off the bench, leading a 98-yard touchdown drive, that just yep. it, it goes to show you that. And, and that was a clutch drive. Obviously, without that touchdown, we're talking, you know, 2020 possibly. We're talking overtime. We're talking something, right? I mean, if it weren't for Henny coming in and leading that touchdown drive, <clears throat> the the that's a 2020 game, right? That's without that seven points, no the 2020 yep. game. So obviously. You have to have depth, and, and for whatever it's worth, and he provided that depth for them. And, and not just that, but that drive basically took the wind out of the sails uh, of the Jaguars for a little while. I mean, albeit till the end when they finally were able to put something together, but too little too late at that point. So you're absolutely right. All eyes are on Mahomes. Everybody's going to be trying to figure out if he's going to be good to go. But I will say, I think it would take him not even being able to walk at all, to keep him off of the field oh, this yeah, week. I no mean, day. there's no, there's no doubt he plays if he can move because we just we even saw that on one foot. Basically, Patrick Mahomes can still kick your ass, so it just kind of doesn't matter, right? He, he could be hobble, hobbling along, probably without use of of either legs, and he can still find a way to do it. I, and look, hats off to him too for for lobbying. You know how you saw the passion. This is the difference to me, and I don't you know, I, I don't know anything from anything, but all I know is that when I see an impassioned player on the sidelines being passionate, there's a difference between a guy like Mahomes where he's saying, Don't take me out, I want to play, I need to play versus and we'll talk about him in a in a couple of minutes, guy like Stephon Diggs screaming at Josh Allen saying, You're not targeting me enough.
1: You yeah, know, no doubt.
0: there's, there's, I everybody wants to play and everybody wants to make a contribution, but I don't know that I, I, I'm gonna get a lot of heat for talking about Stefan Diggs and his passion like that, but
1: you know, I don't know. Oh, I'm with you. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. So, and um, I also shout out to Andy Reid for having the balls to bench Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is what the MVP again. I I, I forget how many MVPs he has now. I think it's it, it's three now. I believe and. Andy Reid. That's why Andy Reid is Andy Reid. He's got 20. He's the third coach ever to have uh 20 NFL playoff career victories. And he, he's an elite coach. He's an elite leader. And I mean, there's no better guy to lead this football team because he, he didn't waver. He said, no, go to the locker room. A lot of coaches would have just catered to their guy. I mean, can you imagine if like Brandon Staley was in that situation? He would have just said, yeah, go play in a meaningless game and go get hurt. So uh, <laughs> it's uh yeah, go, go inside we'll, we'll regroup at halftime we'll get that thing taped up and find a way and we'll we we'll, uh we'll find a way to get it done without you for the time being because they did this two years ago too in the cleveland game where mahomes got knocked out henny had to come in and they got it done in the divisional round so yeah i'm with you uh i think the chiefs got this next one circled man i think they're gonna be ready to go
0: they do but let's not let's not glance over uh the the jacksonville jaguars and the effort they put forth they did really make so, this no. game very interesting trevor lawrence 24 39, 217, a touchdown. Unfortunately, that interception. Travis ETN looked good in spurts. I mean, the guy was ripping off some pretty good runs. 10 for 62, 19, and a touchdown was his longest. Uh, a 19 yarder was his longest, uh, had the touchdown. Zay Jones, five receptions, 83 yards on seven targets. But, you know, by and large, that, that uh, Jaguars defense, too, was giving Mahomes all he could handle even when he was fully uh, at, at full strength and really kind of did lead to the, uh, the injury as it were because they were putting pressure on Mahomes and, yeah, Mahomes was doing Mahomes things and finding ways to get the ball out of his hands, a.k.a. that one jump pass that uh, announcers couldn't stop talking about. But, <laughs> again, you know, if it weren't for the pressure that Jacksonville was putting on Patrick, he wouldn't have had to made those plays.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and I'm biased towards the Jags because in the preseason I was high on them. I said, I think this could be a playoff team if everything broke right, and it started off horribly. I mean, they were 2-7, and seven, year one at Doug Peterson, and the main reason I liked them was because of the competent coaching with Peterson. I thought Lawrence could take another step, and for them to go from 2-7, and seven, and ever since losing that game at Arrowhead the first time, 27-17, ironically, basically the same score, is they just got better and better. This team is fun. Trevor Lawrence has taken a step and put him into the conversation of the better quarterbacks in the AFC. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next, man, because Doug Peterson's team in year number two in Philly went from about here all the way to the Super Bowl. So kind of a similar situation where it was Carson Wentz that year in Philly. I know everybody kills Carson Wentz now, but like once upon a time, Carson Wentz was pretty damn good that uh, year before he got hurt. And that was because Doug Peterson, second year, just like Trevor Lawrence will be headed into. So, and the target's going to be on the Jaguars back. So they go from the hunter to the hunted all of a sudden. So we'll see how it goes. I, I like this team though.
0: I, you know, and I'm pretty encouraged by by the growth of what we've seen now. This is, yeah. we talked about this over the course of the season too, that all of these first round picks are starting to finally come into their own and and gel and now you know you got a, you got a team to look out for especially in this AFC South where i think they could probably start winning this thing f- just full on over the course of the next few years um but how frustrating is a defense is it though to have mahomes hobbled and still not be able to get him down on the ground not not in one well, sack for this jacksonville jaguars yeah. a defense
1: well early on i was like man Jack- jacksonville's defensive line is getting a big push they're they're bothering mahomes and, he, and Mahomes is just so damn good that he just evades the pressure, finds a way, jump throws, it's like it's like a video game. The future is bright in Jacksonville. It's it's uh it, and and they're definitely at peace. It's so it's so nice when you could just sit there and go, you know what? We got our franchise quarterback. So, as long as you got your franchise quarterback and he's healthy, they'll be in the mix like you said for the next 10 years.
0: At least I can finally say that with with yes. conviction. I mean they they've been saying it for a couple of years now, but this is yep. the year where they can point to and say, "You know what? This is the step up. This is where we're going." So,
1: yeah, because in 2017 when they went on that little run, it was with Blake Bortles at quarterback. So, it's like you caught lightning in a bottle with a great elite defense, but like obviously you can't sustain that cuz you didn't have the quarterback. Now you have the quarterback and the coach. So, yeah, Hopefully, a long run here for uh, the Jaguar fans. They're not going to be picking number one for quite a while, I don't think, man. No, no, they won't.
0: At least for a, yeah, at least for a good long one. They might as well start settling in to figure out what they're going to do with the later picks. They got to they got to figure out how to be a team that makes picks in the later rounds. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the battle of the sports gambling podcast network hosts. Uh, actually, just the sports gambling podcast uh, mothership hosts. It was the battle of Sean Green versus Ryan Kramer. Yeah, well, guess what? Stacking the money is stacking the green now. Philadelphia pulling away with a convincing thirty-eight to seven win over the Giants. This one wasn't even close. Uh, it didn't matter where you got your spread. Was it seven, seven and a half? I saw ten out there somewhere. Doesn't matter. Giants did not cover. Did not come anywhere near any uh, sort of cover. And it was all Philadelphia all day long. Um, just a just a dominant performance and. I don't even know how much uh, how much you have to analyze this. We kind of knew going in that Philly was going to win. It was just not. It was a question of by how much, not really if they were. So not if, but how much. And we got the answer. It was thirty-one points. Um, nowhere in this was were the Giants competitive. You know, Philly put up twenty-eight in the first half alone, fourteen in each of the first two quarters and just kind of sailed on the rest of the way. So I guess my question to you, Ryan, is like, what uh, what, what, can we even take away from this game other than it's going to be a crazy one uh, against San Francisco next week?
1: Yeah, I give the Eagles a lot of credit. They look like the team that was coming off to buy the number one seed. They just punched the Eagles in the mouth with two quick touchdowns to start going up 14-0. But the game plan for New York puzzled me because – I I thought to beat the Eagles, like you you had seen it so far, who would beat the Eagles, Washington and New Orleans. And then I guess Dallas, I know Hertz wasn't there, but like teams that like schemed up a game plan to really bother Philly. They ran the ball, controlled the tempo and kept that offense on the sideline. I don't see, I don't get how Saquon Barkley only gets nine carries. I get that they were down, but like you weren't going to throw the ball back into the game with Daniel Jones. That's not what Daniel Jones is. He's a game manager and is not a knock on Daniel Jones. He had a terrific year. All things considered. I think we can all agree on that, but I, as great as Dayball was, I didn't understand the game plan of just not feeding Barkley early and often to see if you could just run the ball right down Philly's throat, like Washington and new Orleans did. And even Houston did uh, earlier in the year when, uh, when they gave him fits on that Thursday night game.
0: Well, nine carries for 61 yards. I mean, obviously he was getting great yards per carry, so it was not as if he wasn't doing anything with the ball when he got it. And even Daniel Jones, he only carried six times for 24 yards. One of the biggest things about Daniel Jones, they keep talking about his athleticism, his ability to run, and he only takes the ball six times for 24 yards as well. I mean, you know, when Matt Breida gets in the end zone, you figure you're golden, but that only came in the third quarter.
1: Well, yeah, and Barkley got a couple big chunk runs late so it was like he only got about five carries in the part of the game where it mattered and i don't know man that as great a coach as dayball was this year that was puzzling to me because i thought it was pretty clear on how to beat the philadelphia eagles or get not not beat them i mean you still were gonna have to get a little bit of luck win the turnover battle but the only way that this team had a chance because of the talent discrepancy was they had to run the ball early and often and, and be effective in moving the chains and sustaining drives
0: yeah, I mean, and I don't know. So I guess now, really, is there a future for the Giants that they could come back and, and play again in the in the playoffs next year, or are we looking at rebuilds all around?
1: I think so. I think honestly, the Giants kind of remind me of what the Eagles were last year, where first year head coach is Sirianni, they kind of catch catch a little bit of momentum in the second half, get 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 some get a taste of the playoffs, and uh, I, I think. You gotta you gotta give Daniel Jones some weapons to find out if he really is the guy. I, like like I I see people saying that he's not the guy. I don't know if he's the guy or not because who who is their best receiver this year? A they were all injured. B they just they there wasn't any really talent around him. But they were pulling up practice squad players. So I think you gotta you gotta give uh, Daniel Jones a realistic shot, like the Eagles did, trading for an AJ Brown, drafting a Devonte Smith.
0: Well, I'm um, among the pass catchers for Daniel Jones in last night's game was Richie James, uh, yeah. Saquon Barkley, <laughs> Lawrence Kager, uh, Matt Breida. Slayton had one, and and the disappearance of us, Isaiah Hodgins. Let's let's talk about that for a quick second. That guy, you know, end zone finding the end zone over the last few weeks, and all of a sudden one catch for three yards
1: uh, the other yeah, day. Hard hard to make sense of it. It it was it was a puzzling night for the Giants. A, a great season, but obviously. I don't know, man. Disappointing end. I, I I, know that they were outmatched, but you don't want to get drilled like that in the playoffs. No,
0: no. I saying, we know Philly's going to be good. We know that there's a lot to be excited about in Philly. But here's the thing. They scored 38 points. Jalen Hurts only throws for 154 yards. Obviously, two touchdowns, runs for a touchdown as well. Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Boston Scott gets in the end zone. Munoff was happy. He called it Boston Shoffer. Scott any timer. I know, I know.
1: I Everybody scored, on the mothership knows. He scores every time against the Giants. It's crazy. What, it's like 11 out of 17 career touchdowns against the Giants. Hey,
0: sometimes when you know a team, you know a team,
1: right? It's oh That's all there is to
0: it. Um, Devontae Smith leads all pass catchers with six uh, catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. But Dallas Goddard, man, set the pace early. Five catches, five targets, 58 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, the probably the most lethal receiver you have on there three catches 22 yards on six targets how crazy is that but yet doesn't matter because the eagles win now can they do this against san francisco's defense and win
1: yeah they're they're uh, going up a uh, weight class here in opponents because the san francisco your san francisco 49ers are not in the same classes in new york giants this their rushing attack is going to be tested because we saw it last night. Dallas struggled to run the ball because of how the physicality of that 49ers defense, everybody struggled to run the ball against San Francisco defense. So Jalen, this is a game where everybody's talked about Jalen hurts being an MVP candidate. He's going to have to beat the Niners with the arm. They're going to stack the box and they're going to be physical with AJ Brown, physical with Devontae Smith and say, Hey, uh, Jalen, you got to beat us. you got to beat us with your arm. You're not beating us with your legs. You're not beating us with Miles Sanders in that rushing attack.
0: And here's the thing. I mean, Philly, one of the highest-scoring teams in the league in the regular season. Dallas, one of the highest-scoring teams over the last several weeks of the regular season, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen what this 49er defense can do to the highest-scoring offenses in the league. So, yeah, they're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to figure out how to... Create mismatches for this team because Fred Warner's coming. Fred Warner is coming. Nick Bosa is coming. Greenlaw is coming. Like these guys are coming, (laughs) right? And yeah, they're not going to take any prisoners. They don't care if your quarterback can sprint. They don't care if Tony Pollard goes down and you're left with Zeke, who's still supposed to arguably be one of the better running backs in the league. Doesn't matter, right? They Kenneth Gainwell center exactly. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, they don't care if if Kenneth Gainwell's coming at him. They don't care if Miles Sanders coming at him. Like, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, yeah, Philly's going to have to get super creative. And, you know, like I said, there's not much analysis we could do on this game, uh, only that Philly's good. New York wasn't as good this week. Um, and the undercached, by the way. You know that very well. Oh, yeah.
1: The, the two Saturday games were the two sweats. I, to hit that big parlay, the unders parlay for me, the first game was the one I sweated out the most because it was 48-and-a-half, or 53, but uh, it could have went over if Mahomes didn't get hurt.
0: <laughs> oh, easily. I think you yeah, got at least so, one more touchdown in there if Mahomes yeah. doesn't get hurt.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not apologizing, though. <laughs> no. Oh, hell no.
0: Take your take your payday and, and run. Um, no 47-and-a-half, by the way, was the over-under on this one. This one came in at 45. So this one was a little bit of a sweat for you as well, just as you said. Um, yep. All right, there was two games on Sunday. We'll come back after the break and break those down for you. But before we do, let's tell you about WinBet. WinBet's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states and there's tons of ways to win including live betting and same game parlays. The NFL playoffs we've been talking about them for the last 20 minutes. They're here. They're happening. Next week they'll continue on. You get great odds, great promos, great payouts all happening right now at Winbet. Just ask Ryan. He just won because of that. Are you ready to play like him? Of course you are. Sign up today. Get that special offer. Bet $100 and get $100 Of course, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. Win money like Brian. All you got to do, like Brian, like Ryan. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N. B E T Offer subject to change terms, condition win winbet.com. This week 21 or older and present the playthrough Winbet is available. If you or somebody you knows a gambling problem, call one 800
1: 522 4700 Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, I I didn't know if I if you were acknowledging me, but uh I, I do want to shout out Winbet too because I don't know if everybody noticed when I tweeted that out, the reduced use on all those, minus one oh eight. Every other book is Minus 110, minus 115. So shout out to WinBet for looking after their customers. You guys are the best, and I'm, I'm happy that I won with you guys.
0: I was going to say, you're happy because you won. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, all right, so Sunday began with the uh, snowiest game I've seen in a while. Uh, it was the Cincinnati Bengals in Buffalo taking on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, stop me if you've heard this one before. Cincinnati leaves a snowy field with a win. That's that's basically what happens. Twenty-seven to ten over the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the under hits on this one. Uh, Over/under was forty-eight. Uh, Buffalo was five and a half point favorites. Four point favorites. Kind of depended on where you got it. Uh, but I, I saw it as high as six. Doesn't matter. It was Cincinnati covering uh, on this one. A lot of lot of things to break down here, uh, especially given the fact that we just watched. Probably one of the most anemic performances out of the Buffalo Bills that we've seen all season long. Josh Allen still throws for 265, but no touchdowns. Completes 25 passes, throws an interception. Um, He is the leading rusher, Josh Allen. And I don't know how many times I've said this on this show, but you can't have the quarterback as the leading rusher and expect to win every single week. Josh Allen, 8 carries, 26 yards. He did get in the end zone, so knock that. But... Surprisingly, Dawson Knox, the leading receiver on that team, 5 catches on 7 targets, 65 yards, no touchdowns. What's more surprising, Ryan, that Josh Allen did not throw for a single touchdown or that he did not have I guess a, a bigger uh rushing game, a rushing game considering the weather.
1: I would probably say the rushing attack because we talk about it every week that Buffalo, them not being able to run the ball without Josh Allen. They, they just depend on him way too much. Like Singletary and cook are solid backs, but they just don't run the ball with them. And I thought the biggest thing that was a surprise is I, I picked Buffalo. I thought Buffalo, this is a good spot and not just because of the narrative of uh, Hamlin being in the stands. I thought that they would be able to, Get really good pressure on Burrow throughout the game. Cincinnati was down three offensive linemen, and you wouldn't have noticed. I mean, they look like they upgraded with the three new offensive linemen. They, Joe Mixon, ran 20 carries, 105. Uh, samajay P. Ryan, seven carries, 33 yards. He, he probably would have gone for 100 if he got some more carries. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he only got sacked one time the entire day, and the Bengals offensive line has always been their kind of Achilles heel of why they weren't able to win it last year in the end, because of the Rams ability to get pressure on him. But for this Buffalo team, I kind of talked about it with Kansas city, the difference between them and the two teams in the AFC championship, they can't run the ball. Like, especially in a game like this where it's snowing like Josh Allen's a great talent, but you don't need to drop him back 50 times. And, and and have him be your leading rusher too. It's just too much on one guy.
0: Well, and more than that, I, I feel like when Cincinnati jumped off to that that 14-0 lead, that was it. I mean that that was basically the Bills sort of you, you just saw it in their eyes. You saw it in the play. You saw it in there was there was very little fire after that. And and you know, it it's surprising because this team was still fired up. But I don't know what it was about it but when they when they went down two touchdowns I almost just saw the fight kind of leave that team. You know, there wasn't nec- yeah, there wasn't necessarily as much uh I don't know pep in their step as it were and and you know, it was difficult for them to get plays going. Obviously we talked about the rushing game not necessarily being there at all and and it just it just felt like to me Buffalo had figured out that they were beat right then and there, and it just sort of fizzled after that. Singletary, six carries, 24 yards. Cook, uh, five for 13. And, you know, we talk about receivers. We talked about the, the pass catchers. Devin Singletary was the, the guy with the most catches, five catches on eight targets, 38 yards. Dawson Knox, five of seven. Stephon Diggs, though, four of 10 for 35. This is where I want to touch on for a second. Obviously, Cole Beasley kind of factored in the mix as well. But for Stephon Diggs, on a 10-target day, more often than not, Stephon Diggs is coming down with seven of those, right? At least six yep. of those yep. for big yardage. Now, I saw him on the sideline, right? You, you've seen this clip of him throwing his arms out to, to Josh Allen and, uh, and, and pleading his case for more. How much more, though, can you give than a guy 10 looks? They weren't all bad. I mean, it wasn't as if all 10 of those were not catchable. You know, you've got as a receiver, if you're getting 10 targets, that's the most targets on the team. By a landslide, basically, you know? And, and you're the one getting the most looks, but you only come down with four for 35. Where's the responsibility in that? That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Diggs is a great talent, but we've seen it sometimes with some of these diva wide receivers. It's hard to win with them. It's uh, in the playoffs because there's just so much other areas of the game that um, are more important than just a wide receiver. I mean, offensive line, defensive line. And it's just – I don't know, man. Diggs has underperformed in the last two postseasons now. Gabe Davis has been the more productive wide receiver in the playoffs recently. But, yeah, something's something's not right there in Buffalo with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the coaching staff. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, they need to look at themselves hard, hard in, uh, in the mirror this offseason because they underperformed. This was a failure of a season, unfortunately. I know they had the tragedy um, a couple weeks ago and they had a lot of injury, Vaughn Miller, but you had the best roster in football going into the year. Nobody was arguing that. You were the uh, prohibited favorites um, going into the year, going into the playoffs, even, even going into yesterday. Everybody still was on Buffalo. I mean, you're laying five at home and you get beat by 17. That's that's unacceptable. Yeah. In front of your home fans.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were none too happy. I mean, and I get weather conditions play a factor. Sure. Yeah. But that's your home. (laughs) Like that's your home weather. Like that's supposed to be in your
1: favor. (laughs) You play in Buffalo. We kept saying Buffalo needs home field advantage. And I think they can get over the hump. Well, they got home field. Or they didn't get home field throughout the whole playoffs, but they didn't even get to the AFC title game just because they got trounced by Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's just they gotta they gotta look deep at really what the disconnect is because you can go through the season, you know, being fourteen and four, but eh, once you get into the playoffs, it's a if just a completely different story. You have to perform. Yeah, ask Dallas. I mean, you know, they finally made it past the first round for the first time in several years. That's not good enough for Dallas fans. They got to make it all the way because making it past the first round, yay! But n- now you got to you got to keep going, right? Buffalo's the same way. You got to keep going.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you look at they should have lost last week to Skylar Thompson. You could argue, which was kind of a red flag. But I mean, so did Cincinnati. They kind of slept walk through that Ravens game. But uh, on a positive note, how good is uh, Joe Cool, Joe mm-hmm. Burrow? Oh my God! That all that guy does is win.
0: Well, and. The way that he does it, too, and I don't know, again, you see all these young quarterbacks, right? You see the ones that come in, and and the game just explodes around them, and they don't look comfortable, right? They just look like they're still trying to grasp the concept. Joe Burrow doesn't have that. He's got the swagger of being able to go in there and say, I know what to do. You know, I've got this. This is something that's not, it's not a foreign concept. Yes, the speed of the game is different, but it's still football. And and anytime you watch Joe Burrow play, that's exactly what what's going on around him. Like, it's not... It doesn't confuse him. He doesn't look confused. He looks confident in just about everything he does. Hell, even when he throws interceptions, which is a very rare occurrence, it still looks like he meant to do it. Uh, 22, 23, rather, of 36, 242, two touchdowns um, was the day for Joe Burrow. But I think more impressive was the way he was able to find, especially that first touchdown to Jamar Chase, where he just sort yeah. of... I mean, it was like a video game. Like it was like he was just moving his joystick up and finding the open part of the field and then throwing to Jamar. Right? That's that's what it looked like to me.
1: It, yeah, I I saw the same thing. The moment's just not too big for him. No no moment's too big for him. He he's a badass. I mean that's he's he's a winner. He won at LSU. He took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in his second year, and now he's got a chance in his third year to get back. So, guy's just a flat out winner. It also helps to have guys like Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst. I mean, he's got some good weapons too. And a running game with Mixon and uh P. Ryan.
0: See, and that's the team. thing. The, I think the running game was the huge difference in this, obviously, because Cincinnati was able to do what Buffalo should have been able to do to them. Yep. Right? I mean Mixon rips, yeah, Mixon rips off 105 yards on twenty carries in that touchdown. And and again, it was uh, twenty carries. See, this is this is what we're talking about where Saquon, that should have been Saquon's line, 20 carries, 105 and 60, you know, and a touchdown,
1: right? Yes, get all this passing crap out. Run the ball, baby. Run yeah. the damn ball.
0: Run the damn ball. And, of course, that's the weather dictates. Run the damn ball, right? If you can control the no ball and, and control the line of scrimmage, that's exactly what you're going to do. So, yeah, I mean, look, to me, the the Cincinnati fans have, have something to feel good about. And I got to tell you right now, if I'm Kansas City, you better hope that Mahomes is 100%, because if he's not, oh, yeah. Cincinnati's going to take him and take him big.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati might win even if Mahomes is 100%, but now that Mahomes is hurt, it, it makes it even that much tougher. But look, we'll, we'll preview this one later in the week as we get more information, intel on Mahomes' status and others in this game. So it'll be interesting. Maybe the maybe the Chiefs can do a better job of exploiting the Bengals' offensive line injuries uh better than buffalo at least
0: we'll see we'll see if clark can get after it um 48 and a half was the over under or 48 rather depending on where you were uh that did not touch it as ryan can attest all right let's move on to the finale of the uh divisional round of the playoffs the san francisco 49ers at home in santa clara taking on the hated dallas cowboys San Francisco pulls off a nineteen to twelve win on what was Brock, Wordy's, uh, Brock Purdy's probably worst performance uh, of his young career, and I say worst because obviously uh, he he threw no touchdowns. Um, he was nineteen of twenty nine, two fourteen, uh, but he didn't need to. I mean, obviously, this was a game in which uh, we we just had such fantastic defense that it was giving Dallas fits all game long, um, and it was a close one. I mean, obviously, going up at the half, 9-6 was kind of a big deal, uh, and being able to hold Dallas to only six points in the second half was even a bigger deal. But the thing of it is, right, and this is, this is true across all of football, and this is probably, you could go back to, to Buffalo and sort of argue this as well, you got to win ugly ones. You have to win ugly ones ugly games in the NFL because not every game is going to be a 38 to 7 blowout of your opponent. There these are all professional football players and every single one of them have the capability of turning in fantastic performances. And so you have to be able to as a player, as a team, as an organization win a 19 to 12 game in the playoffs to prove that you can win in those games, right? That's the difference between a buffalo that's the difference between uh dallas and and cowboys and um and cincinnati they've proven that they can win in the ugly games and they've proven that they can win no matter what the circumstances are so to me i fear this this niners team coming into philadelphia because they already know that they can win in a game where they punch each other in the mouth for 60 straight minutes right and and that's the kind of game that they're probably going to end up playing against Philadelphia because that's the kind of game they play with about everybody. Right. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to in this matchup.
1: No doubt. And I I think this was a great win for the Niners. Like you said, they didn't play their best football, Brock Purdy. The moment seemed a little big for him at times early on, a little bit of jitters, but I mean, that's expected. He's a rookie, so he's got to go to the link now at uh, NFC championship. But, I think this Niners team relishes the opportunity to go on the road. We've seen them in uh, past playoff uh, uh, years with going to Lambeau in prime time, getting a big win over the MVP Aaron Rodgers at the time. They've gone to Dallas last year and gotten a road win. They, It's kind of what they've done over the last uh, couple of years because of their ability to run the football and play defense and do it in a physical way. And, Elijah Mitchell was awesome down the stretch. Physicality he was running with, that offensive line finally getting a push against that Dallas defensive line. I thought Dallas's defense was off the charts. I mean, to only give up 19 points to a 49ers offense that was rolling, and their quarterback put him in a, multiple bad spots with his uh, – Boneheaded uh, decision-making, we'll say. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: diplomatic as it were. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, look, the the Niners did a fantastic job of of running the ball anyways. You talked about Elijah Mitchell coming in. Christian McCaffrey's got a bruised uh, calf, I believe it is. Um, And so he'll be dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not going to be anything more than just a a couple of uh, days of conditioning and then getting him back out there. I don't think he's going to miss anything uh, right now. He's, he's probably no. the deepest he's ever ever been right now, so he's, he's having a good time. Um, 10 carries, 35 yards for him in that touchdown, but Elijah Mitchell, 14 of 51, uh, most of that obviously coming in that second half. Just a, a nice hammer for the 49ers' offense to be able to kind of throw down on the Giants and keep moving the chains, right, and keep moving the clock. That was what was more important about Elijah Mitchell's carries there at the end than anything else was his ability to control the line of scrimmage when it mattered
1: I agree with you 100 110 percent because it it, there it's a really good combo because you get McCaffrey with the skill the speed the creativity then you throw Debo in there as well uh Shanahan does as good a job as anybody of scheming up ways to get his guys touches uh obviously you got Kittle as well and Iuke and then you finish it with Mitchell uh, with uh bruiser runner down the stretch. I wish he would stay or stayed in bounds. That was my only thing I, my bone to pick with Mitchell, but Hey, you know what they got to the win. I, uh I think Purdy, I think this was a big game for him. Get uh, get the nerves out of it because it's going to be a similar atmosphere. Basically this was an NFC championship feel because I, I think everybody agrees that, uh, philly dallas and san francisco are by far the three best teams in the nfc they have been all year so this is just uh nfc championship game number one for san francisco now they got to go to philly and finish the job
0: and this is why i was saying like literally this is the game that i think sharpened the 49ers more than the giants sharpened the eagles you know it wasn't that game wasn't even close so they're not they're going to come into next week obviously They're going to prep. They're going to watch film. They're going to practice and do all that stuff. But I don't know that they're ready for a 49ers team that literally just went to the mat with the Cowboys. Now, of course, you could argue the opposite and say 49ers are tired because they left it all out there on the field. But I'm sorry, but they didn't look tired after that game. George Kittle didn't look tired. Brock Purdy didn't look tired. Like, they looked enthusiastic. They looked happy. They looked like they just had the best game of their entire life. Especially Kittle, man. Five catches, five targets, ninety-five yards. Dude was just having fun all day long. It didn't matter that they were that they were in a just a, a total brawl with the Cowboys. He just wanted. I mean, he looked like a kid out playing flag football and just having a grand old time, man. That's that's why I love George Kittle so much.
1: Oh, he, he's amazing. And like you said, nine uh, five carries, ninety-five yards. It's uh, we got we got two good tight ends uh, meeting up this weekend. And I I saw I think you saw what Kittle said. He's looking forward to going outside in the cold in a physical and violent game in Philly on uh, Sunday. So I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to this NFC championship game that we'll preview. Uh, Obviously, as a Washington fan, I am pulling for your 49ers. Hell Yeah. I I like uh, rooting against the NFC. So I, I got two out of the way this week. I need you to finish the job, man.
0: You know, and here's what's funny about it is that in the in the 80s and then in the 90s, especially like you you saw the dominating San Francisco 49er teams. Like you saw, mm-hmm. and and when you went to the playoffs, you expected them to win. They were the favorites. They were always. I mean, with with Young, with Rice, with Montana, with you know all uh, Roger Craig, all those guys. Right? You were like, okay, well these guys. This is, this is a win. Like, nobody, nobody's a competition for them. But the Niners have won all these games in a row, right? They're 15-4 and four combined on the season in, with the playoffs included. And yet, they're still going to go in as the underdogs because Philly's still the better team. Yet, the 49ers have all of these fantastic names. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Purdy right? Even use check and Mitchell and, uh, Warner and Hofunga And, uh, you know, I mean, they even picked Dak off twice. Um, I wish it was Gibson. That would have been great for my, my prop, but you know, they picked Dak off twice. So they're about to give Jalen hurts hell next week.
1: I agree. Like I said, in, in the, Previewing the matchup. I think this is actually the worst possible matchup for Philly because of the way that San Francisco could stop the run and make you beat, uh, beat them with your arm. And uh, they're going to be physical with you and they're going to run the ball at Philly as well on the other side of things. So um, it, if I had to make an early pick, I'm definitely going to be on the 49ers uh, later in the week, but uh, yeah, stay tuned. I believe. That will be Terrell and Scott that will have the NFC championship, and J-Mark and I will have the AFC championship. Beautiful stuff.
0: All right, let's briefly acknowledge that the Dallas Cowboys will continue to be a National Football League team even after this loss, uh, and that uh, they they did participate in this game. Dak Prescott, 23-37, of 37, 206 yards, a touchdown. But again, those two interceptions. Death taxes and Dak Prescott interceptions. That's what I texted Moon off when we... Uh, when, when the first one happened, I said, you can basically just bank on that happening all the time. We'll get to Dak in a second. My my big thing is Tony Pollard goes down Okay, early in the yep. game. Zeke Elliott is still a thing, and he still exists, and he's still supposed to be one of the more elite running backs in the entire National Football League. 10 carries, 26 yards. The longest run of his day, 5 yards. I wholly Don't understand how we can continue to tout Zeke as one of the elite running backs in the league with playoff numbers like that.
1: Zeke's done. I mean, they might as well just put Zeke at center. That's it. That was a preview of his next position. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man. I, I just Dallas. If they're gonna, if there's a way to choke, they're gonna find a way to do so. Dak was awful in this game. I mean. It, it's a shame if you are a Cowboys fan um, because your defense played at a championship level. Ceedee Lamb was good, um, but uh, Pollard would have been good, I think, if he didn't get hurt. But that interception Dak threw in the first half—what are you like? What are you looking at? How are you late? I mean, you you've been in the league now. What year is he in? Seven, six, seven now? He, yeah, around there. And how are you late with the ball to the sideline on on a hitch? And I mean it wasn't even close either. And then late in the game or the one that I mean, just first of all, they couldn't kick field goals again because Maher got luckily got his kick blocked because that thing was gonna go so far wide left, I think it was gonna go out of the stadium. Um but I mean it's just like the Dak just misses on a throw as well, it gets picked, kills a drive. They should have went in nine to six. And then he should have been picked off late. Pick six that, that got dropped. It was like he could. He only had two picks. He could have had five. He was. He was atrocious in this game.
0: Yeah, it definitely was not his shining moment for sure. Um, but yeah. you talked about the defense and defense. Yeah, absolutely great. Um, two sacks on the day for for them. Which for Brock, Brock Purdy, that's pretty good to be able to get yeah. to Brock a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> he had three passes defended between Micah Parsons, uh, uh, Deron Ballard, and Anthony Barr. But, uh, you know, again, the, the long and the short of it is this. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb. But here's the thing, right? We talked about Stephon Diggs. CeeDee Lamb played in arguably a, a worse environment than did Stephon Diggs. CeeDee Lamb still managed to come up with 10 of his 13 targets for 117 yards. Right? I mean, again, in, in, in his quarterback playing ridiculously bad, he still had 10 catches. You know, and, and 10 of 13. So translate that to 10 targets at 7 of 10. I mean, you could still could add 7 of 10 for 80, for 85, you know, maybe even for 90. So this is why you separate yourself from the CD Lambs when you're still catching 10 catch ten of your quarterback's terrible passes for 170. He bailed him out a couple
1: of times, you know. No doubt. No doubt, yeah, no, he he bailed out Dak multiple times, and you know what? Back to Dak to, to keep uh, crushing Dak because I I enjoy because Cowboys fans always want to make excuses for this guy. He's Kirk Cousins. That's who he is. He 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 chokes in the biggest moments, but everybody likes to kill Kirk, and everybody seems to always give Dak a pass. This this one's on Dak. There's no other way, and, and McCarthy as well. I mean, but I mean. Jerry's keeping him, so you know it'll be another season of uh, mediocrity for Dallas next year. Looking forward to talking their exit next year at this time as well.
0: Well, I mean, we talk about ball control. I mean, the Niners had 21 first downs. Dallas only had 15 first downs on the day, so definitely not. And and look, you know, the Dallas special teams was doing their best to do it too. Kevante Turpin was just, you know, once again almost broke a uh, broke one out. So. If he would have done that, we might have been talking about a different game as well. It's just uh it's just insane, but I don't care. The 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 way that it ended is the way that I wanted it to end. Again, San Francisco 19, Dallas 12. San Francisco moving on to take on Philadelphia. This one way 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 under. There was no doubt that the under was in play here. 46 and a half was the over under. Obviously, we came in at 31, so no sweat there for Ryan who knew he was going to cash his tickets uh well into (laughs) the third quarter no doubt so um all right listen so here's what we're gonna do uh we're doing conference championship look aheads but i think we're doing super bowl really look aheads right we're kind of predicting our yeah who we think we're gonna get to the super bowl and what we think the lines are gonna be so um i'll start with you afc what's your what is your super bowl uh pick to move on from the afc
1: I struggle with this game, but I'm going to go Kansas City ultimately gets it done this time around, and they find a way to avenge their three losses, avenge the AFC title game. I think they beat, uh, Mahomes beats Burrow finally, and they are moving on to the Super Bowl. And who do you have?
0: So, just like you, I think I I struggle with this one, and I I haven't necessarily put a whole ton of research into it yet just because i know that the, a lot of this will ride on whether or not mahomes is going to be able to to play at full strength um because again but i mean even pocket mahomes probably is able to beat the the Bengals this time around it is difficult to beat a team or, or yeah to beat a team four times in a row it is very difficult in this modern day and age to beat a team that many times even if you're not playing them but once every you know few months or even once a year it's it's very difficult to do that so i I'm kind of with you, and if I'm going to pick now, I'm going to lean toward Kansas City. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be yeah. a, an easy game. This will be more of a sweat than I think either one of these teams want to, to go through to get there. But I think in the end, you're right. I think Mahomes this year and, and, the, and the Chiefs this year, to me, they've found ways, and, I, and I, I guess I pull back to what I said about the Niners, they've found ways to win the ugly games right the very very ugly game. Cincinnati's won some ugly games too, but Kansas City there's been games where you like how the hell did they win that one? Like what how did they pull this one out? Right? But they've they but they've won. And I think that's what this is going to be too. It's going to be a game in which it's going to get ugly. There's going to be a lot of how the hell did these guys do this? But I think you're right. I think ultimately Kansas City comes away with this one and moves on to the Super Bowl again.
1: Yeah, no, we're seeing eye to eye. It's uh, it's it's interesting because the Chiefs uh, on the look ahead were labeled as a three point favorite, but opened as a one because of the Mahomes status. I'm seeing Cincinnati as a one point favorite now, and the public is all over Cincinnati. So me and you uh, going a little contrarian here, uh, which I like. So uh, we're with the books and uh, the sharp guys. I think with uh, taking Kansas City.
0: It just the thing about uh, Cincinnati is is they've got to be able to come out and play like they played against Buffalo, if they want to yep. take this game. They have to. They have to control it from the get go. They throw fourteen points up on Kansas City. That's going to be difficult, even for a team like Kansas City to to pull. I mean, they they saw it with Buffalo. So um, okay, I, I think we're both on Kansas City. But again, it's obviously as the books are even conveying, as the public's conveying, can go either way. Like nobody really fully, I think, is going to commit to saying I wholeheartedly believe that this team is going to whoop the other team's ass. It's just a matter of, all right, this team could probably win over this other team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) So,
0: um, all right, (laughs) it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. San Francisco, Philadelphia. Which way you leaning on this one?
1: Uh, I'm on your Niners. I like. I've kind of hinted. I think it's a bad matchup for Philly. Uh, San Francisco's strengths is. Uh, can counter everything that Philly wants to do offensively. And I think they can run the ball on Philadelphia to keep that offense on the sideline. This uh, line opened up at one and a half. It's been bet up to two and a half for Philly. But the ironic thing was all season long, we heard if the Niners play the Eagles, they're going to be favored in Philadelphia on the NFC championship. I think this line is an overreaction and the public's overreacting to a 30 point beatdown over a mediocre New York giants team. And honestly, people just aren't giving Dallas enough credit in terms of how good a quality team that is and just think that um, Brock Purdy's due for one of these games. But I think they're just going to be able to run the ball. So I'm I'm all, I'm all over San Francisco on the money line. I think Rock tape's favored. I got the rematch of the Super Bowl uh, from a couple of years ago, Chiefs Niners. Let's do it. I,
0: I want that. Uh, actually, I kind of don't want that. I want it to be Bengals, and I want it to be Niners because I, want, uh, I, I don't want to have to fight my brother again for <laughs> a, another year uh, as the Chiefs fan. But I will say this. Look, uh, when you're beating a, a Dallas team that was as good as they were, right? I mean, obviously, yes, they, they, they were not the greatest of teams, but they were still well above 500. They were still, you know, there in the, in the end. Right, 13 and, uh, or I'm sorry, what was it, 11 and, how did they end the season, damn it? They they ended the season with some wins and some losses. Uh, They they ended up 13 and 6, obviously, all throughout the whole playoffs and everything, but um, I'm not looking at their record right now in front of me. But anyways, yeah, they obviously, San Francisco obviously beat a much better team. Dallas, way better, in my opinion, than New York. I think if if those two teams would have played, then uh, you would have had a different story altogether, too. Um, and if San Francisco would have played the Eagles a week earlier, uh, who knows how that would have ended up. But I will say that now San Francisco sharpened themselves against the much tougher Dallas team, whereas I just said it before, Philadelphia, I mean, they just sort of beat up on your little brother. Like, it was, it was sort of like a, you know, a, a soft opening match for a, yeah. a wrestling guy, right? Like, you, you send in the scrub on the, on the uh, Royal Rumble, Right, you let him beat up on on the, the weaker guy for a little while and then bring in you know the Roman Reigns or something like that, and that's the match.
1: It was like San Francisco playing Seattle in the opening round. Two that was games what, like the, that. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I think I think things bounce back here. And San Fran, I'm with you, man. San Fran is gonna get it done on Sunday.
0: It's two rivalry games in a row, though. That's the thing, and that takes a lot out of you as a, as a human yep. being. And now you gotta go on the road. Right? You play two home games, now you got to go on the road and replicate it again. So, um, But I, I think they're up to it. I think if any team is, this Niners team is. Because not only is it they've proven that they've got the talent to beat any team uh, anywhere, but this team's attitude is, is unlike any 49ers team I've seen in a very long time as far as these guys are having fun doing this there's no pressure there's no um, because i remember even back in like 2013 when colin kaepernick was leading the the team out there like there was pressure there was so much pressure for this team to perform right you had to go out and you had to win the super bowl because that's what the 49ers do even two seasons ago with jimmy garoppolo you got to go out there you got to win the super bowl because that's what this team does this year we're having fun watching these guys play football and it's like Yes, you got to go out and win the Super Bowl, but that because that's what this team does. But it's like we're ha- we're we're loving to watch you play. Like we hope you win the Super Bowl. It's not a it's not a matter of you have to. It's a matter of man. We hope you do because you guys deserve to win the Super Bowl. It's not even about legacy. It's just about having fun watching your team play football again.
1: I agree with you, man. It's, uh, it's they're on a roll, man. They won twelve in a row. They what was their last loss? Kansas City, right? Kansas City. Yep. And so, real quick, uh, we'll look ahead to the Super Bowl since we both are on San Francisco and Kansas City. If that's the game, what do you think the line is set at?
0: I think it's a lot. I think, depending on how much they beat Seattle, or uh, Seattle, how much they beat the uh, Eagles by, right, I think that kind of goes into whether or not San Francisco's favorite or not. Because Kansas City and, and Cincinnati... Like even if even if Kansas City beat Cincinnati by something obscene like a two touchdowns, right? I still think that the Niners beating the Eagles would be a little more of a of a boost than Kansas City beating uh beating the Bengals. Because obviously Kansas City's supposed to beat the Bengals, right? So that's that's not that's not even a question, right? The books think that Kansas City's gonna win. So and we'll see what the public does later. But for the Niners to beat the Eagles as the underdogs, that probably tightens up the gap. So I'm I'm seeing like if the Niners are underdogs going into Kansas City, I say it's by two, maybe two and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like that that feels like the line for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh when the two teams did play, what was it, earlier in the year, like week eight, I believe Kansas City was a one point favorite, but Garoppolo's the quarterback. They just got in uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'll go Kansas City minus two and a half. Yeah. That would be my projected line.
0: Yeah, that that feels like uh right about where it should be to me too. I I don't think because I can't see them going over a field goal. I really can't. Like Kansas City, Kansas City was one point favorite in that game. By the way, uh, against San Francisco,
1: they might they may go three. You think it would go up to three? Like that's the max. They will. I don't think they'll hang a three and a half. I mean, if you hang a three and a half, you got to pound San Fran getting a field goal.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Robbie Gold alone—that's that's where it's at, right?
1: Well, because San Fran outplayed Kansas City a couple years ago in the Super Bowl for fifty. I mean, I know you, you don't want to relive that nightmare fourth quarter, but I mean, San Francisco was a better team for three quarters of that game. By it was. Far.
0: It was. Yeah. I mean that, and and that was with Jimmy. That was with yeah. you know that wasn't with the team they have right now. With the team they have right now, especially with the defense they have right now. You know, I, I'm not even going to say because offensively we we've seen the fireworks, but this team's going to live and breathe by whether or not the defense can contain the offenses that they're up against. Because you figure, look, they're up against uh, they're up against uh, uh, Jalen Hurts this week, right? Can you contain Jalen Hurts? Can you keep uh, A.J. Brown on the ground again, right? I mean, last week or this this last week, A.J. Brown was barely a factor, right? So can you continue that? But can you keep Jalen Hurts from from hurting you? Um, and then and then, if you do that, well, nah. Now you get to finally see if you can keep Mahomes under wraps and Kelsey and Pacheco and McKinnon and uh, the the defense for the um, for the Chiefs. Can you keep them sort of uh, at bay with your offensive line because they're ferocious as well? Okay, but what if Bengals win? Well, now you got to deal with Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, like, and their defense as well. So. Yeah, I mean that uh, task is not going to get any easier for San Francisco, so I I can't I can't see them being favored in any one of those matchups.
1: Yeah, uh, and if it's Philly, I think it's closer to a pick, but I, I actually I think it's the same whatever. Regardless, I think the bookmakers view the two teams as evenly matched, and that's why Philly's laying two and a half at home because they get the two and a half point bump for playing at the link compared to if it was in Santa Clara, I think San Francisco would be favored by two and a half to three points. Oh, easily,
0: easily. Yeah, this is definitely the home, the home bump for that. So, um, yeah, but I mean, again, if it comes down to San Francisco and Kansas city, I still think Kansas city's favored. Uh, but I just, like I said, I can't see it being more than, more than a field goal. If anything, like if it's three and a half, then, um, you know, something's, something's dreadfully wrong. And and you got to jump on it. So, uh, yeah. Because I ultimately I think the Niners are going to win it all. I think that this is a team that, like I said, they're playing with house money. I mean, nobody nobody gave them a shot in week one, let alone after Jimmy Garoppolo goes. Actually, after Trey Lance goes down, and then after Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. And, but they've only gone on to not lose anything since then. You know, and they've done it as a team. This hasn't been. Brock Purdy's transcendent performance to make this team a Super Bowl contender. This is literally every single player on that team coming together and playing their game and playing to their best ability to make it happen. Is Brock Purdy a part of that? Absolutely. But you got guys like Fred Warner on the other side of the ball, Havunga on the other side of the ball, Gibson, and all these guys making contributions, You know, with along with Kittle and McCaffrey and Mitchell and Debo and Ayuk. You know, and Jawan Jennings when he makes clutch catches. So, this is a complete team as, as we've ever seen, I think.
1: No doubt. I'm with you. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful stuff. Um, let's go. All right. Let's go, Niners. <clears throat> I love it. I, I want to be back here on Monday with another Victory Monday uh, talking Super about Super Bowl that. Monday. Let's go. Let's go. But, um, all right. Well, Ryan, I, I believe we have uh, exhausted every possible topic for today. So all that's left to do is just uh say goodbye and hope for a better outcome or hope for another good outcome as we should say. Yeah. Uh next weekend and talking about some fantastic Super Bowl stuff.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to be on the unders again this weekend I think. I yeah. I think I'm going to run it back. I think these two these four teams know each other so well, especially with Cincinnati and uh Kansas City playing as much as they did or have over the last couple of years and then just uh, physicality of San Francisco and Philadelphia.
0: Uh yeah, I think that's a that's a good idea too. Only because, you know, again, and, and who knows at Kansas City these weather. guys yeah. in cold weather, absolutely. That's that's kind of what it is. Uh well, over under for the San Francisco game is 45 and a half and over under for Cincinnati is at 47 or 46 and a half depending on where you find it. So, that's where we're living right there.
1: Yeah, we'll go twenty four twenty one Niners. Keep it under there, and then we'll uh, go twenty four twenty one Chiefs. Two twenty four twenty ones. Keep it under.
0: Tell you what, man. Why don't we hit the exacta? Just uh, just put the exact score in in uh, win bet and go yeah. for that.
1: Bang! Let's go. Uh, beautiful.
0: Uh, all right, Ryan. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media?
1: Yeah, you guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac, obviously in the Discord as well. Follow me on Twitter, placing some bets all the time. Uh, Hopefully you get in on some unders with me this weekend, uh, first half, first quarter, game, whatever whatever floats your boat, man. And we'll be giving out some props later in the week and previewing the NFC and AFC Championship on the NFL Gambling Podcast with uh, a bunch of different characters. That's right
0: drinks on ryan this weekend uh because he's flush <laughs> just kidding follow me on twitter at rjv gomez link in the to everything i got going on whether it's here whether it's sportsbook review whether it is in between media it's all right there for you got some nascar coming out later this week 100th episode fun stuff coming up uh, in that nascar gambling podcast make sure to get down on that because football season is about to end but racing season is about to start all right everybody till next week i will see you again ryan will see you later in the week Uh, for the AFC preview. But until then, let's have a good weekend. And let it ride.